This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Yeah, it's true. We're here. We've got a show. We're here until midnight. We've got a lot to do. So, you know what they always say? Let's go to work. one 800 919 That's the number to join our Wednesday edition of ESPN New York tonight. Along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, I believe I'm working with Gordon Damer. Larry? Larry Hardesty. Ah, I remember you, Larry. I remember it's you. It's been a little while. but It's been a while. As a matter of yeah. fact, the last time I talked to you, your son was in was going to play in the band. I heard he's yep. graduated college now. <laughs> and your wife was about to have a birthday, and I think that uh, we've all had one since uh, the last time we've talked. No question about it. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm, I'm hanging in there, you know. Red Sox and Astros and the ALCS is not great, but you know what? we got some Knicks to talk about. we got a lot of stuff to do. I, you know what? It isn't great, is it, for Yankee fans? Red Sox and Astros. I heard Kay talking about it earlier. Gordon, you're a Yankee fan. Which way you? Which way you voting? Uh, I'm going uh, Dodgers. I'm going Dodgers Braves. <laughs> That's the way I'm going. Well, look. I mean, the way I look at it is that you can't possibly at any point ever root for the Red Sox, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Astros they cheated. Uh, we all know that they cheated, but they've done it. Um, so I, I'm not rooting for them either. I'm rooting for whoever comes out of the National League. But if you're asking me, I got two buttons to push in front of me. Who would I rather win? I would probably, I guess, I'd have to go the Astros route. I got you. For me, it's very simple. Uh, the winner of Dodgers-Giants, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to yeah. see Atlanta. I don't yeah. want to see Atlanta. And you understand it. Yeah, Even though no. I realize how good they are, they're in the division. I got it. Go Dodgers, go Giants. Yeah. That should be a great game five that's here on 98.7 tomorrow night. Yeah, that should be. Um, you know, Giants, we all season long, we kept waiting. Well, eventually they're going to regress. Eventually, now they're going up against the Dodgers and they're going to a game five. So uh, let's have at it, right? That should yeah. be fun. Uh, winner, win or go home. That's the way you love those. It's, it's a game seven in the five game series. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I mean, I, I think either of those teams, if you if you put them up against the Braves or you put them up against whoever uh, wins in the American League, they very well could win a World Series. Mm-hmm. This might be yeah. the toughest challenge for either team, but you got to get past this one first. And it's listen, I expected Houston to be here. And I was really frustrated with them because I've always felt that they were too good to have cheated the way they did to mm-hmm. win the title. But I'm a little surprised that Boston, Gordon, I'm surprised they got past Tampa Bay. Yeah, I really I, am. Uh, and and let's be honest, kind of kind of easily, right? Like yeah. it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm disturbed. A lot of emotions, disturbed, annoyed, surprised. Um, yeah, I mean the fact, and it doesn't. The, as bad as the Yankee postseason was, for as short as it was, mm-hmm. since they've been out, it's only gotten worse. Yeah. Because now the team that you thought you were chasing in the Rays, who are this unbelievable analytical machine, that wasn't even the team that you were really chasing. The team you were chasing was the team that you had a chance to beat one game, move on, yeah. and you couldn't beat them either. So, um, yeah, Yankees, uh, a lot of issues there. You know what? It, it's And we keep referring to this as the analogy, Gordon. It's just like what we said with the Knicks, right? It lets you know just how far you have to go to get to where you need to be, where you can be in that echelon of teams. 
And look, on paper, they look good. But as you play out the season, you realize that the Yankees have not as much work to do as the Mets, but they've got some things they've got to work on. And part of it is they've got to find a way within this salary structure to get more athletic to get some and get better production from some key spots. Yeah, and uh, we'll see what ends up happening with the manager. Apparently, Boone was, uh, I think he was at the stadium today for a meeting of some kind, so maybe that means that there's some decision um, shortly. Of course, remember when it was Girardi's turn in this same kind of spot, he had a meeting, and we all kind of thought, oh, that maybe is a sign that he's coming back, and then it didn't happen, and then I think there was a second meeting, and then it fell apart. So who knows what the meeting actually uh, will mean, but uh, if they do bring back Boone, it certainly seems like, for all intents and purposes, Cashman's definitely coming back. Mm-hmm. Where the changes come from, because again, like we were talking about the Dodgers and Giants, either of those teams could win a World Series, and either team could be out in this round right now. So it's winning true. a World Series is hard. So I, I'm not going to crush the Yankees for not winning a World Series. Can we get to a World Series? Yeah. Can we can we win a division every once? I mean, they won one division title in nine years. So yeah. to me, they have a very uh, – and Hal really has this question to answer. Either one, you're either going to dramatically increase spending this offseason to fix all the things that you got to fix, or at some point you got to start blaming the guy who's gotten you into this spot. Like you can't say, oh, well, why do we have to spend all this much more money than everybody else? Well, you're on the hook for all, I don't know what it is, $180, $190 million even going into next year. You're already on the hook for that. So maybe if you're not going to increase spending beyond that greatly, well, then you have to you start to start questioning the guy who got you to $180, $190 million and can't develop any players on his own. It's true. And then there's the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got a lot of work to do. Gordon would take maybe two or three shows to try to figure out what they're going to do and, you know, send the guard and what do you do? What, what do you expect from DeGrom coming back? Are you bringing Baez back? I don't know. I mean, how much money is this guy going to spend? And, you know, to me, listen, with, with Cano in theory coming back, I mean, Gordon, he could be my DH. I don't really need him. Um, they, they, they have key needs in other positions. Baez is almost a luxury to me. It yeah. is. Yeah, and an expensive one. I mean, yes. a, a super expensive one. Not even like, well, you know what, treat yourself. Every, you know, everybody has that little thing. You treat yourself even though you don't really need it. Maybe it's mm-hmm. shoes, maybe it's clothes, whatever. Um, no, he's a very expensive luxury. I mean, that's going to be $200 million for a, for a middle infielder. So, uh, to me, I, I think the big question with the Mets is who are they getting to run this? Is it going to be Billy Bean? It already It's clear that Theo Epstein is a name that the Mets fans were, were, were talking about. He's already said no. Uh, it seems like that there's some inroads with Billy Bean, but he's kind of done this dance before years ago with Boston has mm-hmm. never left Oakland. So I would like to uh, for the Met uh, for the Met fan, you know, you have all this money with Steve Cohen. Are you going to be able to get somebody here who's got a reputation, who's got a resume? I think Billy Bean would be great to kind of uh, take this team that has some talent, but clearly has some flaws after the way that they've finished here the last couple of years and, and, and start to build your plan from there. At least that would give you a, a sense of, okay, Steve Cohen's here now, Billy Bean's here. We know that for the next couple of years that this is going to be building towards what we want in a World Series championship, and now it's about going about and, and getting the players that you, you need to do that because you do have a lot. I mean, you have a lot of, a lot of free agents on the team, 
you know, from Stroman to, to Noah, as you mentioned, Conforto, who's coming back, who's staying. And, and, and I think the Met fans, they'd like to bring back a lot of the guys, but then you have to question yourself, well, why are we bringing back? If we're bringing back all these guys, how can we kind of expect a different result from what we've seen? I may be in the minority, Gordon, of Met fans, but I don't know that I want Billy Bean. No, I really? Okay. Bean, I think Billy Bean, because he's worked with, you know, uh, um, Alderson before, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the same thing. I don't know that I want that. I think I want a little different philosophy on how this team should be. So I'm a little apprehensive about Billy Bean being here because well, they have I'm such a close like relationship a, with Oak, in Oakland. Right, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you have a person – like, do you have a person in mind that you want? Yeah, I want Theo Epstein. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like everybody yeah. else. Wow. I want the best. I want right. the best guy out there. And to me, Billy, with all due respect to Billy Bean and his yep. baseball knowledge, he's not the best guy out there. No, I never. want the best guy right. who's going to come in here and turn this franchise around. The guy's got money. He should be able to buy the best that money can buy. You know, listen, I want to be like the Yankees. I want to go up, give me the best guy. I don't know if that's the role model you want to use. You know, and that was one thing. We haven't been on, and it was one thing that really just kind of – I didn't bring it up at the time, and I, I, didn't, I didn't get to it at the point that I wanted to, and mm-hmm. it's just been irking me ever since. When Aaron Boone said after the season ended about, you know, teams have closed the gap. Yeah. Close the gap means that you have been up there and people have come up to you. They have gone flying – they haven't closed the gap. They have – circled the globe around you. I mean, the Rays are a better organization. The Red Sox have been better, have torn it down, have come back up, and have been better again. The Astros just keep going about their the list of teams that have lapped the Yankees. This is not closing the gap. This is that they are just better than you are, and now it's about you closing the gap because there's a sizable gap between you and the Red Sox and the Rays and the Astros, and who knows, maybe next year the Blue Jays too. You're right. They are uh, <laughs> they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to, and, and, and they're, they're swinging. Not going anywhere and they are swinging. Soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, the only thing that may help you is the fact that they lose like either Barrios or one of the pitchers, one of the starters, that may help you a little bit. Yeah, but Robbie Ray, offense, come on down. Yeah, woo, absolutely. That yeah. offense is like, woo. It, it really, it's, it's really crazy. It's really crazy. Uh, and we'll get to the calls in a second. A lot of folks, we'll let you talk. I know you want to talk to us. We'll do that, 1-800-919-3776. But I'm a little selfish. I'm chatting with Gordon for the next couple of minutes before I, I let you have at us. Uh, Gordon, you know, for this to be the Rangers' debut here on 9870 ESPN under Coach Gallant, uh, this was not good. <laughs> this was not good. Well, look, I have I have made mention, I, I do it every time we talk hockey. I'm not a big mm-hmm. hockey fan. So usually the hockey season, when it starts, it kind of sneaks up on me. Seems yes. like it kind of snuck up on the Rangers tonight as well because that was wow, that was bad. Yeah. That was not that was not what you were. That was a, an off off Broadway show there. That was, it was. Uh, that was an, and they get the home opener tomorrow, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. uh, at least there's a quick turnaround. But yeah, you need the uh, the memory of a goldfish for this one because this one was uh, was not sharp. That's for sure. It's weird too to see. I mean, back to back nights to see hockey back. You know, let's do that hockey on ESPN and then. Doing the hockey on TNT, it's 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 weird going. I gotta get used to this again. Yeah, I was watching. You know, I was I was bigger into the Knicks tonight because you know so it's, was getting, I. it's getting a little. You know, it's getting, it's getting to be close. that time. And apparently for Tibbs, Tibbs thinks it's already that time. He's playing Julius Randle thirty five minutes a night. You know, he's. Play- <laughs> 
he's playing the starters every minute's in the preseason. So, uh, you know, I was big into that. But, you know, you see that second period for the Rangers. And, uh, wow, a couple of goals there very quickly. Um, and uh, it was just – it was a rough night. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of scoring opportunity. I don't know what they finished no. in terms of shots on net. Didn't see, if they had five, it seemed like it would have been a lot because it did not seem like it was – it was not clicking tonight, let's put it that way. No. And after no. And after reading, you know, going into the game, I tried to do some research, you know, the Capitals, the rivalry, the whole thing with Tom Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're ready to show that we're, we're, we're not going to get pushed around anymore. That was not the way to go about it. Uh, no, no. But listen <laughs> – what do we say, Gord? It's really early. Yes, <laughs> it's one game. Yes. No, it's, it's, it's the first game. Early, yes. So you know, you you uh, look at the video and you go back and you get ready tomorrow night for the home opener at the Garden and you turn things around and that's the best part, as you mentioned, of getting back on the ice real quick. And yeah, Thibodeau was yelling last week. I was going through the channels. <laughs> I was going through the channels. I heard somebody deny, deny. I said, oh, that must be Thibodeau. I know that voice, and he he's right. in midseason form already. It's amazing. Yeah, this is yeah. going to be this is going to be an interesting season, Gordon, and I'm going to tell you why when we return. This is ESPN New York tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Hit us up on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM, and of course on the phones at one 3776 And Gordon, before we get to the calls, real quick. I like what I see from the Knicks. I know it's preseason. I like what I've seen from Fournier. He looks to be really good three-point shooter, as we've seen. I know they're going to take probably a half step to a step back defensively. I guess I just hope that they'll be able to ratchet up the defense late in games when they have to, kind of like what they did in the preseason game tonight. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to see some more guys healthy, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. too ma- too many of those uh, familiar faces are sitting in uh, street clothes, and uh, you need to get Already. those guys healthy for a week from now. So, uh, yeah, look, I mean, this is a time for for Nick fans that I, I think Nick fans have been excited about seasons and have had feelings like they have right now, and seasons where reality told you it was not going to be very good. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you're coming off a, a season last year that even though the, the playoffs were short-lived, that you finally had something to, to feel good about. So with the improvements that you made year two, you're hoping that there's going to be hopefully a step forward. Maybe a step forward might just be similar to what it was last year in terms of record. But, uh, yeah, a lot to be excited about with the Knicks. For me, a step forward would be getting past the first round where you were last year. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that just having a functional organization for the first time in a very long time. I mean, you know, like (laughs) we got to walk before we can run. And last year was about having a functional organization. But now we get to keep that moving forward, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with all the back pages and all the stories you see about the other team in town. It's nice to be the low drama, low, uh, you know, just just go out and do our business kind of stuff and. And hopefully that uh, translates to the regular season. So, yeah, definitely it's been a very long while since I was, I was looking almost forward to a Yankee season being over. And I'm not looking mm. at the football as much as I am. I'm looking at the Knicks. As a Knicks fan, it's, I don't envy what the, folk, what the Brooklyn Nets fans are going through. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, it, it can't I be a surprise, you. though. I mean, it no. just can't. You know, it, it can't be a surprise. It's, it's not a surprise, but to this extent it might be. 
<laughs> to this it shouldn't extent, be. it, it shouldn't be. be. It's always something, Larry. It's always something. We, I mean, I said it before. the The whole thing went down with 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 Durant and Kyrie going to Brooklyn. I said, you know, look, Durant. Uh, I'd love to have him on the Knicks. I'm sad he's not going to be on the Knicks, but Kyrie, I, I'm good without him, and I, I'll stand by that. I'm I'm happy. I, I'm happy that he, I don't. I, my team and my fan base doesn't have to deal with that. Yeah. Look. There's no substitute for peace of mind. <laughs> and, and, and keep in no. mind, this guy is a sensational player. Incredible. A sensational talent. Incredible. When he's on the court, you can't sometimes take your eyes off him. I'm not mm-hmm. denying any of that. But mm-hmm. there are certain guys that are easy to root for, and there's certain guys that are tough to root for. And Kyrie sometimes, with things that he does to himself repeatedly, very difficult to root for. Very difficult. Off to the phones we go. Roberts in Manhattan. Start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Good evening, gentlemen. I hope you're fine this evening and are safe and well considering these interesting times. Well, first of all, just let me say about what was happened down in Washington. Nothing is new in sports. You just start the new season, and what do we have? The grade A off. He's running four points. He may not be the best on the planet. I would maybe challenge Connor McDavid to be number one, but he's pretty good, and who knows uh, if he goes uh, three or four more or five years at 30 points, a year, 30 goals a year, he may just break 99's record. Now, on to baseball. I am one of these individuals who is supremely happy that the ALCS is between Boston and Houston, and I'll tell you why. It shines the light on the absolute hypocrisy that that all these pontificators and prognosticators and bloviators. Let me tell you something, gentlemen. As I told my students in school, a cheater is a cheater is a cheater. Cheaters don't win and winners don't cheat. And as somebody once said in a song, you can rob somebody with a six pen and you can rob them with with a fountain pen and you can rob them with a six gun. I don't care. Houston simply, whatever they did in 2017, and no one yet has proved to me that Altuve had a buzzer. Neither you nor anyone else can prove it. You suspect it. But as far as I'm concerned, suspecting well, we know they is suspecting. Cheated, and, but we know they cheated. I, well, they, they, che- I, look, they cheated. Fine. Yeah, okay. If you steal a sign in the old ways... That's cheating, my friend, and you can spin it any but, way but, you but want. Robert, but, Robert, you'd have to admit, setting up a camera, which they did, to bang on a trash can, which they did, to signal what pitch was coming, which they did, that is a little bit more than just sign stealing, and everyone knows it. Well, I don't know it, and if you know it... <laughs> you, don't know that uh, that, you don't know that that's cheating? Well, look, I didn't look, look Robert, you can live in denial. You don't care that they cheated the way to a World Series championship that will be forever tainted. That's fine. But I mean, they did cheat. You can't. You can. You can explain it away, or you can excuse it away any way you want. But let's not. Let's not get it twisted. They did cheat. Okay, they cheated. They cheated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but as, as far as I'm concerned, if you steal a sign, you steal well, a sign. This is a little bit more. You cheating's fine if you win. Yeah, you know, but Robert, here's the bottom line, my friend, and thanks for the phone call. The GM and the manager lost their job. You don't (laughs) lose your job for stealing the sign. Right. (laughs) Like that. You don't. You don't. And look, you can tell me that other teams were doing things that Mm -hmm. maybe weren't, uh, you know, on the level or – 
maybe I don't know. Nobody's proven if they if they can show me evidence of that. If a person who's on those teams comes out and says, "Well, this is what we were doing," okay, fine. But I mean, there's a reason why people don't like the Astros, and it's because they cheated and got away with it. Yeah, you know, and, and I realize that some people's motto is, "If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying." I get right. it. Right. <laughs> I get it. But listen, don't get caught. You know what I'm saying? Gordon, yeah. Don't get caught because no. there's penalties for getting caught, and that's well, the penalty. Not, not if you're a player, walk for them. Not if you're a player. Not if you're a player. It's true. It's true. But, you know, it's – it's, yeah, you're right. Not if you're a player because you and, – and it obviously doesn't bother your conscience because they still proudly yeah. wear their rings. And and not if you're an owner. <laughs> and not if you're an owner. Not but if you're, if you're an owner. But if you're that's a manager, true in a lot of sports. If you're an owner – you're covered. Don't worry about We won't let anything out of the bag if you're an owner. But if you're yeah. a player, yeah, no, you're good as well. But, yeah, the other people, not so much. Not so much. Robbie's in Massachusetts. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Robbie. Hey, hey, Gordon. Hey, Larry. How are you? Thanks for taking the call. Well, Larry, you know what my favorite team is down in Washington tonight. And mm-hmm. obviously disappointed with the first game. I will say this. One thing I'm concerned about, and this is what I've seen tonight, which I saw last year, the Rangers continue to be an east-west team when they come down on the offensive end of the ice. It's too much east-west. I feel like they're still soft. You know, Kako is a guy, I'm not sure what he's going to do, but Lafreniere is soft, and, you know, Zabanejan to me is soft, and Panarin is soft. It's like they don't have a TJ Oshie. They don't have those type of big, skilled guys in front. If you notice all the goals tonight, most of them, Veskin's great, but a lot of those goals are scored dirty goals in front. You got to see, you know, what we do this year with guys that are scoring goals and getting in front of that. I will say this: better on the faceoffs, and uh, you know, it's a work in progress. Let's face it. You know, I'm not going to get crazy after game one, but I would like to see a lot more north-south hockey than I saw last year under David Quinn. Hopefully, we'll see this, but it's a little too much east-west for me. Anyway, about the Yankees, I could not wait to talk to you guys about the Yankees. The last time I talked on this station was to Chris Carlin right before the wild card game. I am sick to my stomach that the Boston Red Sox are in the ALCS, and here's why. They took a step back with payroll, $47 million reduced, okay? What the Yankees need to do is get rid of Brian Cashman. There has been too much comfortability over just getting in the playoffs or just having a winning season. Now, the Boston Red Sox have had four or five general managers since they won in 2004, then Sheridan, obviously Theo, and then, of course, Dave Dabrowski, and now Chaim Bloom. And the thing is that sometimes you have to hit rock bottom and take a step back in order to be able to rebuild the team. I mean, there was no speed on this team. There was no athleticism. When they traded Mookie Betts, Kyle Bloom realized they needed a catalyst at the top of the lineup. So they went and they got a guy like KK Hernandez who gives you speed, he gives you power, he gives you enthusiasm. There's no athleticism on the Yankees. What makes Brian Cashman keep his job every year? The fact is, okay, they have a winning season. They won 92 games. But if you look to 2017, this team has regressed. And you guys remember, you guys are old enough to remember the teams back in uh, these, the 70s when Boston had those bulky teams that had no speed. And you saw you know, Mickey and Willie stealing bases, and the Yankees always won. Why are the Yankees so, like, why do they have this problem with getting guys at the top of the line that are table setters? They don't have any. The last time they had a table setter was Johnny Damon and, 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 you know, and the Jeter for the most part. I don't understand it. So I'm going to ask you guys to play GM. What do you do, okay? If you're Brian Cashman, you're still there. Because I don't want Boone back. But it's, it's not going to matter. As long as Cashman hires a puppet, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be the same whether they have Boone or somebody else. But question for you. Play GM for a second. 
what would you do? I would go inside of Sterling Marte. They need a center fielder. They need a shortstop. They're terrible up the middle. That's been their problem for years. They stink up the middle. Look at all the teams that are left now. They're all fit up the middle. So I'll, I'll, give you, I'll leave you with that, and thanks, guys, for the time. But I'll get your opinion on what you feel that the Yankees could sign or what they could do next season. So thanks again. Appreciate it. All right, Robbie. Thanks for checking in. All right, GM Gordon. Well, look, I think a lot of people think that they're going to sign, you know, Marte and they're going to sign one of the big shortstops and they're going to sign this. I mean, the, I don't know that they're going to increase payroll to that degree. Um, I mean, they got a lot of holes to fill. So I have to take a look and, and see more of, of who's available as free agents. But I don't think you can just fill the team with free agents uh, because whatever shortstop you're going to sign – I don't know that they necessarily want to lock up that, you know, like say they want to go out and get Corey Seager, a name that's been mentioned, lefty bat, younger player. Um, I mean, you'd have to sign that guy to five years. I don't know that they want to have another lengthy um, contract like that. Same thing with Sterling Marte. who's going to sign for for a bunch of years and a bunch of money when they have, you know, Aaron Hicks, who, you know, at least could potentially come back at some point. Now you have to get a better option than you had here. But I don't think that they're – it's going to be a very interesting offseason. Now, I do expect them to spend money. I do expect them to increase payroll. They better. Otherwise, they're really sunk. They got to get more athletic, Gordon. That's the bottom line. They yeah, really do. But you know what? Really I mean, do. like, Joey Gallo is perfectly athletic. He stinks. <laughs> yeah. So, so if that's the expense where I have to get athletic, um, I, I'm good. <laughs> I just – I need better players. That's what I need. Like, take a look. I mean, this past year, Judge and Stanton, they were both fine. Sanchez was terrible. Um, first base for a long period of time was just a black hole. Rizzo got there and, and kind of stabilized it some. LeMahieu was hurt at the end of the year. Glaber was a disaster. Um, Urshela, bad season. Um, center field was a black hole for a large part of the season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that, that's a majority of your team. So I just yeah. think they have to they have to figure out a way to get a little bit more balance. I would like to be a little bit younger and athletic. I would be targeting younger players if I'm going to be signing or trading for guys. Mm-hmm. But I just think they need to get better players because um, it, it's kind of uh, it's troubling that there was was that amount of guys who were aggressed this year. And yeah. I don't think you can you know if it's one guy if it's two guys eh, you know they just had a bad year. There's a bunch of guys on the team that all regressed. Gordon, let me ask you. How big a difference does Cora make on that Red Sox team? Well, I mean, I mean, look know, where they kinda, were before he got yeah, there. Yeah, no, I mean, clearly he's a difference maker. He's a difference maker. Uh, I I don't know exactly. You know, that's why I find it hard to to criticize Boone because mm-hmm. we all don't know. It doesn't really seem like there's a you know outside of pitching changes. It doesn't really seem like – I don't know what his day-to-day – seems like all the info – he's the point guy to carry out the information, but all the information is being handed down to him. So yeah. uh, it seems like Cora has the ability to kind of make decisions as he goes. Um, now, I'm sure he's getting information as well, but at least it seems like he's got a better finger on the pulse uh, than, than, than Aaron Boone did. And, and if, it, if it were me, if I were Hal Steinbrenner, and it certainly seems like Cashman's coming back, it certainly seems like Boone's coming back, I'd say, you know what? I'm pretty sure Cashman's contract is up after next season. Mm-hmm. One more go round, guys. Let's yeah. go get it done. You know, yeah. the, you and know, both what? go he, together. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, Boone is not really the issue. The issue is the play. If we're all saying it's the players on the team, they have to be better. Well, who got all these guys? Yeah. 
And it's almost like, remember when George was running the show, a lot of times he would sign a guy that was maybe coming off a big year, but he'd sign him to a contract for what he wanted, what he projected him to be. Like, if I pay you $10 million, you have to play like a $10 million player, even though that guy wasn't a $10 million player. It's almost like if you're getting all these guys and they're performing at this level, well, who, who's to blame here? Is it them for performing at the level that they are, or is it you for getting all these guys together? I think it's the guy who's picking the players. It's both. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> it's both because, obviously, if they were playing like this, Gordon, you wouldn't have got them. <laughs> right, but I mean, you know, I mean, he wouldn't. I mean, nobody in their right mind wants to intentionally. Well, there are maybe some coaches, but for the most part, nobody wants to intentionally lose. Now, look, I understand about Gallo. You knew what you were getting with him. Low average. Yeah, he walks. Yeah, he hits the home run. Is it's 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 home run and nothing with him. I get it, and you knew what you were getting, but. You know, you're hoping that maybe with the short porch he can give you some more home runs. You know he's going to strike out. Okay, I get that as an exception. But Gordon, I mean, nobody goes in their right mind to say, well, this guy's just average. I'm going to put him on my team and hope he gets better. I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you this. I can't do a full year of Joey Gallo. <laughs> I, I bet you will. <laughs> uh, I, I, can't, I, I can't do a, fu- a full year of will. that. Oh, my God. I can my. see it next oh year. I bet you will. Unless oh. they find a way to tweak something with his with his oh. stance or something. Oh, come on. I mean, what, I mean know, this is who he know. is. You knew what he was. I know. Oh, my God. I think a full I, year I, of that. Ugh. Maybe, listen, maybe he'll, maybe he'll hit like 240. That would be great. Uh, I, him hitting two forty would, would be like him hitting three fifty. Oh, he, he would be like Wade Boggs if he hit two forty. Two forty, Larry. I mean, maybe he can hit two forty. Uh, Wouldn't that be great? He's here's the bottom line. Next year, he he's got to be lower in the lineup. There's no question. He's hitting too high. I'm just telling you, he's too high in the lineup. He's too high. Who's he, he has, protecting? He, he has now. This is his. This next year will be his eighth major league season. He has hit over two forty once. He's due. Yeah. He's had uh, his 2021, he hit uh, 199. Mm-hmm. The year mm-hmm. before he hit 253, he hit 206. The year before that, 209. I mean, he's got to take advantage of this. He, yeah, he's got a 200. He he's, he's, a guy, he's a 206 lifetime batting average. Why can't he make contact? What's wrong with him? I don't know. I think it's the uh, – maybe is it the uppercut swing? I don't know. Could be. They got to change it. They got to do something with it. I, I can figure out a change. Him? I can figure out a change. There's got to be somebody. Look at all this power. Don't you want some good power? No, we don't want oh, power now. Because he's, he's not hitting. He only had, what, 10 home runs for you guys? 12? Maybe? Something like that, yeah. It was not good. I mean, come on. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN until midnight. There's Freddie and Fitz. Continuing the conversation, Kyrie Irving speaks. You'll hear what he has to say at the bottom of the hour. Right now, let's go back to the phones with you at 1-800-919-3776. Jay is in Queens. Jay, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Good, Jay. So, I, I don't know if you remember this, but somewhere back in June, I had called in singing a little Met jingle because the Yankees were terrible. Um, and the Mets were actually riding high. Thanks, Jay. Um, and I just want to say, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Listen, I just want to say that next year, um, I'll wait till July, till after the All Star break, to start singing that song. I think I, I think I, I think I did it a little too prematurely. Uh, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but listen, I wanted to talk to I want to talk to you guys about the the, the Mets GM situation, uh-huh. um, I, or the, the the president of baseball operations. Um, like a lot of people are are, are throwing throwing around, you know, Billy B. Now that Theo Epstein, Theo Epstein would have been great. Oh, um, but I, I think a lot of the luster, yeah, I think a lot of the luster that that Billy Bean has. Uh, for some of the Met fans, or some of the, the the more inexperienced Met fans, is that they made a movie about him. Like Brad Pitt played Billy Bean, and that was cool, yeah. Um, but if you look at it, uh, the, the A's have made the playoffs five, six, seven times in the last ten years, mm-hmm. and it never really went past that, right? Um, now, if you look at a guy like like um, like Jeff Liu now, who I'm not, uh, uh, last time I checked, he still's not employed on anybody, Correct. Correct. Right, so if you look at Jeff Liu now, he pretty much took an organization with just Jose Altuve and built around him and turned them into a championship team. Mm-hmm. Now, the Mets aren't the Houston, the Houston Astros of, of way back when. I mean, we do have pieces. Um, uh, again, we, we do have dead weight that we can just get rid of, but we do have the pieces now to go ahead and build around those, uh, those multiple pieces, not just one guy. Some people would say, don't bring Jeff Liu now here because, you know, um, the team that he put together turned out to cheat in 2017 and so on and so forth. But let me ask you this. If Bill Belichick decided, I don't want to coach for the Patriots anymore, I want to go to, 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 to New York, what Jet fan or what Giant fan, I happen to be a Patriots fan, but what Jet fan and what Giant fan would say, nah, I, I don't want Bill Belichick because he cheated, or I don't want Tom Brady because he cheated. Like, wake up. I mean, we need someone to come here and change the culture of the team. Jeff Lou now is that guy because he's done it before and he started with one player. Well, uh, look, the problem with that is Jay that I don't think Jeff Lou now is ever going to get another job within mm-hmm. baseball. Um, yeah, unfortunately. You know when when that whole thing went down, a bunch of people kind of fell on the sword and 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 did what they had to do and 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 struck a deal with baseball and he was the one guy who kind of fought it every step of the way and I think baseball uh, has a long memory so I don't think that he is. He's going to work in, in baseball again. I do find it funny you're saying, you know, uh, Billy Bean, you know, his team has won to the playoffs six or seven times, only six or seven times in the last ten years. I don't know. As a Met fan, I think he would sign up for that. I get it. You haven't <laughs> won a World Series, but, like, if you could be in the playoffs fairly regularly and he's doing it with a significantly lower payroll than, you know, most teams are, I don't know. I think you'd, you'd kind of sign for that, wouldn't you? I, I, obviously, you wouldn't. I mean, he's not number one on your list. But if you found out tomorrow that Billy Bean was going to be the guy and Theo Epstein said no, I mean, are you are you distraught? You're not distraught. Um, and like I said, for me, I'm just not because of his relationship with Alderson. Right. And I'm not, I'm not big on Alderson, to be honest with you. Uh, so... That would be my that would be my apprehension. But if I if I have him, yeah, that's what I'm looking for, and I'm looking for him to improve on what he did in Oakland. Okay, because we talk about it all the time, Gordon. They always get to the postseason. They usually get to the postseason, and they are gone right away. <laughs> they, they they peak, they peak at the DS. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then they they're don't done. Win, they have not won many playoff series in their time, but you know they are. I'm just checking now. They were 18th in payroll this year, uh, mm-hmm. 81 million dollars for their payroll. Yeah, uh, and they put together a pretty good team. So um, look, I, I'm not saying that maybe he's the perfect candidate. Maybe the perfect candidate was to hire Heim Bloom when you had the chance before hiring yeah. um, Brody. But um, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, so you're probably um, right. and then Gordon, I don't know. Does, is he going to be able to live up to these expectations? I don't know what the expectations are in Oakland for him. 
No, there the are no. He's, he's Oakland, a god like, there. Listen, right, you, absolutely. You know, absolutely. You, you're in Oakland. We get to the mm -hmm. postseason. Sustainable success is great. He comes here. We're not looking for a sustainable success because there is a team that owns that right over the river from you. So it's, it's going to be more pressure on him to have to live up to what he's got to do. Is it, you know, he's, he's got Absolutely. no expectations in Oakland, right? He's Absolutely. chilling. Yep. He's got nothing well, to do. Yeah. I mean, there will be expectations here. I mean, it is New York. Um, but, I mean, considering where you're coming from. No, you're uh, right. You know, uh, there's right. some... It would be, but, but see, that, that's my, I just, you know, look, if we get him, we get him. You know, he, he's not, listen, he's not the worst. He's not like bringing another Brody in here. That's no. for sure. <laughs> no. Okay, Let's not we know go that. back down that road. <laughs> Come and get no. us. They came yeah, and got yeah. you. Oh, okay, never mind. Oh, and, and like two weeks away. It wasn't even a month right. when he said to come and get us, and they, when they came and got him. Right. Oh, he was so bad. Yo, to all the ladies in the dance. Yeah. Yeah. On all right, we'll get to the calls in a second. Wanted to share this with you. Kyrie Irving spoke on uh, Instagram to give his side of the story as to what he's doing and all the different rumors. And everybody was saying, well, let's see what he's doing. Let's see what he has to say. Here's what Kyrie Irving's talking about. Convictions yourself. Like, I got to make these myself. Because it's going to continue to revolve around this and that. And, yo, you're going to lose out on money. and You're going to lose out on this. Like, so what? It's not about the money, baby. It's not always about the money. It's about choosing what's best for you. You think I really want to lose money? You think I really want to give up on my dream to go after a championship? You think I really just want to give up my job? You think I really just want to sit at home and 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 not go after the things with my teammates that I, I've been able to, to grow with, to learn with, to learn that it takes sacrifice in this space? Because we could be easily at home chilling with our families, but we're choosing to go out there and perform. You know, and even in that job, like that that's a dream come true. I've been working on that since I was in fourth grade. You think I want to give up my livelihood because of a mandate, because I don't have accommodations, because I'm unvaccinated? Come on. I'm not gonna be used as an as as a person in this agenda. You know, like I, I'm not I'm not even gonna speak on that. I'm just saying like it should be not it should not be divided amongst all of us. It should just be understood and respected. And mind you, once again, I'm going to repeat, this is not about the Nets. It's not about the organization. It's not about the NBA. It's not politics. It's not any one thing. All right, that's Kyrie Irving. That's an excerpt of what he said on Instagram. And listen, Gordon, it's, it's really been, it's, it's, people have merged this. It's so many different topics into one. The bottom line is nobody's taking this break. If you don't want to take the vaccine, then don't take the vaccine. Okay, we, we know that. That's how you feel. That's your personal right. Don't do it. But understand that if you don't, there is a penalty. There's a price to pay. The city that you play in requires that you have to have the vaccination. You have to. Otherwise, you can't perform. So now, even though it's not about the money, it's not about what, all the things that he said it's not about, the bottom line is, from a basketball standpoint, is that he's not going to play for half the season until something changes and I don't know, Gordon, I think more and more cities across this country are going to add more mandates as we get closer to winter. I just have a feeling that could right. be the case. That would seem to be, that seems to make sense, right. You know, so there's going to be even less places that he's going to be able to play. So I'm still waiting to hear what all this is about. And I'm still not sure.
Yeah, I mean, look, it's a small clip. I'm sure he talked more. I don't think that that would help me understand what the heck he's talking about. I got to be honest. Uh, I don't know really what his point is. Um, Everybody else has done it. This is what you need to do. You don't want to do it. It seems like there's always – with Kyrie, it always seems like he's doing these things to get attention, and then he's like, oh, I don't want – why is everybody focusing on me? Well, you know, you do these things to kind of get attention sometimes between the stupid flat earth stuff that he did a couple years ago and – and now this with here. So I, I don't really understand what his point is. Um, and um, if he decides at some point to, and he's saying about, well, you know, do you think I know? Well, I do kind of. I do think that he doesn't really in, uh, enjoy all the things that go into playing in an NBA season. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there is part of that, that he just doesn't uh, want to have to deal with this. And this is his way that he doesn't have to deal with it. And he's made a ton of money. I'm sure he's set for life. So I, I hope he's happy with whatever decision he's made. But I don't think that him explaining it anymore is going to help me. It's almost like he needs another challenge. You know, Gordon, it, it's that, you know, I love basketball. And, and listen, we've said it before, Gordon. He's done tremendous amount of things Absolutely. off the court. Absolutely. With, with various charities and donating money to the WNBA and all that. He's done a lot. He's done a lot. There's no question about that. But that is overshadowed by things like this. So he's Absolutely. just really a, he's really a confusing person. And, you know, I, I just hope it all works out for him. I really do. Because it's... It's always a distraction, and his teammates are, at, are constantly going to be asked to handle that while he's not there. What's it like when you think Kyrie's coming back? What's it like to not have him around? What's, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be endless. It's going to be endless. As a teammate, yeah. it's, it's, it's a nightmare. It's, it's got to be exhausting, right? I mean, yeah. you're going to be asked about it all the time. And, and the fact that Stephen A. came out and said that, you know, Durant would not stand in the way of him yeah. being traded tells you just how, how kind of fed up they are with it. Now, the problem yeah. is who's going to trade for the guy um, you don't have to who, worry about that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> He's not I going mean, anywhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> Nope, not going anywhere. Well, here's, here's the thing, right? Like if he's saying, well, you know, do you think I want to give up on my basketball career? Do you think I want to? Well, then accept the trade. You know, if, if they come with a trade, I don't know a city that would not have. I think it's just San Francisco and, and New York that have these mandates. But you can go basically anywhere else, right? You could mm-hmm. go to Miami. You could go here. You could go there. Um, go to Philly, right? Yeah. Ben Simmons. You know, yeah. say, hey, you know what? Get me out of here then. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. We'll I, I can't figure it out. I, I don't know either. It's exhausting. Really you know, and, and the thing is, I don't want to figure it out. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I mean, really... I, I got enough stuff going on. I, I just can't deal with it anymore. Yeah. But it's, it's exhausting. It, it is. And it's something that's not going away. It's no. not going away. We'll no. be talking about this all season. Yep. Dennis is in South Jersey. Hey, Dennis, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Hey, Dennis. Good. I, I, I usually call once a week talk about the Jets a little bit. I just want to throw a quick Yankee thing in before I say something about the Jets. Um, I think this would be the perfect time to house Steinbrenner to just cut bait with Cashman. He's got one year left in his contract, and the, current, and the current manager has none. Let the new GM bring his own guy in. Let's start. It just needs a new, like a breath of fresh air here. It's, just, it's a stale product. They need some new ideas. And the Yankee job is a very attractive job. I mean, I, I'm sure it wouldn't be hard to find somebody to come in here and run this, run this team. You know, especially, I know Theo Epstein definitely turned the Mets down, but if Hal Steinbrenner knew he could get a Theo Epstein in here, this is the perfect time to do it. Why run one more year with this? Why do it? I, I mean, listen, I mean, because you guys said it, some of your callers even said it earlier. It's not just this, it's not the team, it's the farm system. It's everything. Like, Cashman's not letting go of this current group of players. 
because it's a stubbornness. And like you said, some of these guys are just not working out. I mean, they're just not working out. And I just think it would just be a, a nice thing for the fan base, too. Let's get a fresh – somebody in there with some fresh ideas. Now, to go to the Jets real quick, um, I wanted to run by – you know, I watched last week's game, and it's almost like it, 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 it's like when, when – um, what's his name was running the team last year when Gase was running it, they would score in the first half but couldn't make adjustments for the second half and get blown out. And now this year's team can't score in the first, but they actually do make good adjustments in the second half to get back in the game or to stay in the game. Um, Steve Young mentioned something about when, when Greg Knapp passed, you know, was, was uh, you know died on, on a bicycle accident. Um, that that set the program back when it came to the quarterback because he was going to be the guy that they were going to lean on to fix these problems. Uh, maybe you guys could just give me some feedback on what I just said. Well, Dennis, I'll say this, um, and thanks for the phone call. If if that was the case, then they should have went out after the unfortunate loss of Coach Knapp, then they should have went out and brought in the backup quarterback to help the kid out, to have somebody to talk to on the sideline. Yeah, that might have been the original game plan, Gordon, that he's going to help him out, he's going to talk, talk to him, and he's going to take him through some things. That's A. B, Knapp probably, and this may be the biggest thing that they're missing, we're focusing on the quarterback. Nat might have been able to help LaFleur with the game plan because the game yeah. plan, Gordon, at the beginning of the games is not good. It just isn't. They're putting him in positions where he's got to do too much. Normally, young coaches, I mean, young quarterbacks, you want to get them in the rhythm. Here, here's a short pass. Hit, hit the back coming out of the backfield. Here's something to the tight end. Let's do a little run here and there. They don't do that. They're so busy trying to get the ball down the field. Yeah, and and what I have seen with Wilson um, is that it seems like the plays that he makes where he's you know running around and making something happen on the fly, he looks spectacular. Mm-hmm. But when he has to play like within the structure of whatever the play is, it's a mess. Yeah, and that would be a little concerning to me because that's you know the the thing that everybody was talking about before you drafted him was oh this guy can make the Patrick Mahomes throws and he can he can throw off his back foot and he can make his his, his arm talent and all this type of stuff, but when he I, I think that when you have those scripted plays and those are generally the first ones that you're running, it looks like an absolute mess. Yeah, and and the only time where things look like oh wow look at that is the spect it's spectacular I'll grant you but when he's like you know running for his life and he's waving to Davis to go along and that's great but I need somebody to kind of operate within the system as well. Well then let's script some of those plays in early to get him going. If that's if that's what relaxes him, Gordon, then let's run a couple of those plays in where he rolls out. Give him something where he's got to be on the move. Give him something where he's not a sitting duck in the pocket. Maybe so. Let's try that. Yeah, uh, you got to try something. Work. It's almost like the pitcher who has trouble in the first inning, and you got to yes. like warm him up in the bullpen or something. Yep. You got to try something. Got to try something because this is not working. So it'll be no. interesting to see what they do during the bye week. And to go back uh, with his earlier point about the Yankees, here's my question for you, Gordon, and I'm not sure, but if this organization, and I believe Hal follows this, that Hal is into sabermetrics as well. Oh, absolutely. Right. Okay. So if they change the GM and they change the manager, but they don't yeah. change the idea of sabermetrics, is it going to make a difference? 
Well, look, I mean, you can you uh, clearly the teams that are are still playing, the teams that made the playoffs, they're heavily into analytics, they're heavily into sabermetrics. So, uh, I mean, it does work, but you have to know how to work it. You know, like mm-hmm. geometry works, but when I was working geometry in high school, it didn't work because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> so that's I, I think you need to get somebody who has got a little bit of a better read on the numbers and and, and look. Am I disagreeing with the caller of, of like, get a fresh start? No, I, I think that, that that's a fair point to bring up now uh, after after watching the last few years. I just know that it has no basis in reality. Yeah. Like, there's no anywhere. chance that Brian Cashman is yeah. not running the team next year. No. Now, after next year, there is a possibility. You would think because there could that's be more what, of a possibility. Right. That's why I kind of tied it into if you're going to bring Boone back, you're going to bring Cashman back. It's Cashman's team. I mean, this is Cashman. He's, he, Four years ago, after the, they got to within a game of the World Series, they he decided, you know what, we need a fresh voice. This is the voice we need. It has not worked. I mean, they've regressed in every season since then. It has not, yeah. it has not unlocked anything. In fact, they have gone back the other way. So I would say, you know what, we'll give it one more try. Brian's under contract for one more year. We'll give Boone a new extension with, you know, an option year or whatever you want to do. And it's time for the rubber to hit the road and get moving. And let's go win some games. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.